welcome to the Unfiltered Empowered Woman. I am your host, Ellen, and I am a female empowerment coach. That means that I help you stop people-pleasing, stop being controlled by anxiety and overthinking, breaking your bad habits, and stop letting food rule your life. It's time for you to take your power back and become an empowered woman. In this podcast, I will show you the unfiltered version of myself and my guests. You know, the stuff that we can't put on Instagram. I want to show you how living unfiltered means you can take that power back and live a truly empowered life. Now let's dig in. Welcome back, guys. Today, I am here with one of my favorite people that I have never met. And I literally, like, in the last two hours, I've heard that song, Let's Talk About Sex, Baby. Let's talk about you. <laughs> in my head. Yeah, now she's dancing. It's, of course, everyone's favorite embodiment queen, Irina. Irene, sorry, Irene. <laughs> okay. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Ellen. I'm so excited. Me too, me too. I just like every time we talk. So if you guys haven't listened yet, we've already done another podcast for Women's Women's Academy. And then we did a live um, that you hosted on your Instagram page. And like when I launched the podcast, I was like, I wrote a list of the people I wanted on it. And like you were like one of the first people that I wrote down. So here we are. Um, thank you. Yes. And I, I just, the, from the moment we met, the first talk we had, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a friend for life. I'm like, you're top of my list to go visit in Bali from Las Vegas. <laughs> it's like yes, my coach. I know. And then you, out of everybody know, it's my coach and you're right there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fucking come. Like at the moment, I'm in Sweden and it's pissing down rain and it's absolutely awful. And I'm watching my friend's stories in Bali and it's sunny and I'm watching your stories and you're like laying by the pool in your bikini and sending me videos and like looking all sexy and I'm covered in clothes. <laughs> awful. <laughs> so yeah, no, I am, I'm so excited to chat to you. But yeah, for the listeners who don't know who you are, do you want to tell us your story? Because I know your story is very, very special. And it's honestly such a privilege to be able to share it with more people. Um, but yeah, how you got to where you are now? Who Who is Irene Rodriguez? Yes. Hi. Well, okay. Well, we'll get right into it. So today, <laughs> what I do today, I'm an embodiment coach. I'm also a business mentor for online coaches. However, the core of everything I do is embodiment, being connected to yourself, which is wild and crazy. Because the story I'm going to get to is a story of being really disembodied and not knowing who I was, losing my voice, losing everything, and literally using my body to connect with people, with men, with with friends, and just becoming the biggest people pleaser you can ever imagine. Hmm. Should start from the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how like why why did that happen have you always been like that or was it something that made you become such a people pleaser so I'm gonna go we'll see how how far back we go but from childhood you know I grew up in a home when we very strict home you know god bless my dad like he tried the best with what he knew mm-hmm. it's taken me my entire life to forgive this and be able to speak to this so neutral um but he, I grew up in a very abusive home like physically abusive home And from a very young age, I was taught that my body was bad. My body was scary in the sense of no exaggeration. Ellen, I would wear a midriff to school and I would get hit with a belt because I wore a midriff or my shorts are too short or 
you know, it wasn't, yeah, he was just very strict on what I wore, you know, and I was the girl that packed clothes, went to school, changed, you know, and would come home and I would see him. Sometimes he'd pop up at school to pick me up and I'd just be like, oh shit, I'm grounded. I'm in trouble. Maybe I was going to get hit. Not all the time, my butt beat, you know, but I would get hit for getting in trouble because of my clothes. So for a very young age, I learned that my body was bad. Fast forward to adulthood in my 20s. Now, this is where this is where it really happened. I already had those thoughts in my 20s on my birthday. On my birthday, I woke up one day. I was in college, in college, uh, public relations classes. I was doing commercials on TV, local commercials. And I woke up on my birthday. The entire left side of my face was paralyzed and droopy. I call it my Quasimodo years. And it and my mouth and my eyes were just like exaggerate a lot droopy wow now I had to wear a patch on my eye for eight months it was really bad for eight months and it actually never went away it's still there a tiny bit today you probably never know it's gone a lot but I know how to manage it's just second nature now the way I show up on camera certain angles I won't do it's just natural now Although I love it and I admire, I point it out these days. It's, uh, you can't see me in the podcast, but like if I pucker my lips, I still can't move like the left side of my face fully. Mm. So the fact that I'm an online, my face is all over the internet is wild, right? Yeah, so crazy. But when that happened with my face, it's like, think about it. When you meet men, when you like date, what do you do? You talk and you connect by eye contact. You look in somebody's eyes, right? I couldn't do that, you know? And what that turned into is whenever somebody would look at me in my face, I would look away. And when it came to men, I thought my body was a way to connect with them. You know, I was quick to have sex, quick. I was like, oh, you know, they're not going to like me for me or I couldn't look at them in their face. I know what will keep them, my sex, let's go fuck. You know, it was about quick to have sex and literally use my body as a way to connect. And that just caused a whole spiel of unhealthy relationships. Lost completely who I was. And even as a adult into friendships, you know, that the same thing with other women, it was like, you want to get to know somebody, you just talk and have deep talks. It was people pleasing. You know, then I turned into like party and drugs and think, thank you, baby Jesus. That I don't have an addictive personality to where I went down that route of drugs and alcohol addiction. However, I looked for that cocaine high to have those deep talks with friends because at that point, my inhibitions about my face were gone, <laughs> you know? So it was like, I know, you know, it was just what I reverted to for a long time. And it wasn't like, I didn't go into it on purpose. I just knew that once I started partying, those connections were going to happen. It was like really wanting to connect with people, but going about it a completely wrong way. Mm. That is so like I can relate so much to what you're saying. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for sharing, especially the part of you being physically abused as a, a child. Like I can imagine that would have been absolutely awful to get go through, and no one should is ever deserving of that. Um, but where was it going with this? Um, yeah, I just think. I mean, do you think that there was one? Like, where do you think that part of you came from that still wanted to 
wear the midriff like wear show off your body like even in such a young age because you know a lot of people probably would have gone the opposite way that they're like oh well, if I ever wear something like that I get hit and people like people tell me that I look like a slut or whatever so I'm never gonna show my body I'm gonna cover up and I'm gonna talk to anyone but you say like you still wanted like that connection you still wanted to show your body and even like packed clothes to go for take to school just to do it so like do you think like where did that come from you know what it was what was happening in school it's mm-hmm. just what everybody else was wearing you know it wasn't even this thing to, it was just oh god bless him like I god bless him you know but just it was just my dad being that strict you know from his own upbringing how he looked at women because what I was wearing wasn't this big slutty thing it was what everybody else was wearing at school mm-hmm. you know it wasn't this low tiny thing with my tits out and it was <laughs> a little bit of tummy or shorts that were not that short short shorts but nothing different to what anybody else was wearing at school so it was more like you wanted to belong fit in yeah 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 I think about it that way is yeah. I just want to fit in. I just wanted to be like everybody else. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and of course, that's completely normal. Like, if you girls have listened to um, the first episode, like, you know that I developed an eating disorder because I want to belong and be mm. like, popular. And it, it's crazy how how that such a strong drive of belonging, which is a human need, can really spiral into these unhealthy behaviors and how how we then use our bodies. Um and then you said you like had I can't even pronounce that. <laughs> Everyone remember that I'm Swedish, but oh, that's basically, that's when yeah, when your eye goes droopy. Oh, you know what? Well, let me explain what it is. If you guys don't know what it is on here, sorry about that. No, no it's, probably, it's probably just me, but yeah, explain. <laughs> no, 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 it's not very, it's not that common. So Bell's mm-hmm. palsy is getting um, when you get a pinched nerve in your neck, like the side of your face. The nerve mm-hmm. is like right behind your ear, and when that nerve is pinched, that that nerve. C- controls the entire motor skills of your face mm. so when it's pinched there's nothing flowing to it so you cannot move it mm. so that's what the is. yeah why does it get pinched is there a reason you know there is no medical reason it it crazy it, the doc when I went to doctors at the time I do have a story though when I went to doctors at the time they were they said it could be a virus like there's no if you look it up online there's no reason it comes yeah. it could be like you're getting sick some type of virus that you, we get inflammation and in that inflammation, it just gets pinched. So mm-hmm. it's it's funny because now I don't know the answer. We'll never know. In that people pleasing mode, the night before, so at 3 a.m., I got the Bell's palsy when I woke up at, let's say, 10. Well, at 2 a.m., I had a crazy wild night with a crush of mine that I had at the time who happened to be into like S&M BDSM and I was not had never before I knew he was but I had never before and I just knew that I liked him whatever he wanted I was going for so that night Alan like I I can't say it was from that I don't know but I will tell you this I had a crazy like at the, from from at that moment yeah I was having the craziest sex I'd ever have in my life choked and slapped that <laughs> not, out of love and for, I, I didn't fucking want it it hurt I was like no. what? I'm like what do you how do you look like hot being slapped like choked like this you know yeah oh, especially the choking I'm always like what do I look at <laughs> and so that did happen that morning of that one two in the morning I was out partying for my birthday drinking knowing what I was getting myself into knowing what he was into you know and um there was no way I was gonna say no so mm-hmm. that 
night before, yeah, I had like this crazy sex. I was slapped. So when the doctor asked um, if I had any physical trauma hit at the time, honestly, I didn't mean to lie. I know. I know. I didn't mean to lie when the doctor asked me. I just wasn't even thinking about that. I didn't even think twice about it. I was like, no, I just woke up like this. <laughs> oh my God. Imagine if that is why. I know, I know, I don't, I know, I know. And it, it's funny because it wasn't actually until one a podcast recently where I realized, oh fuck, I was slapped around that night before or that day, that hours before. Oh my I don't God. Know. So when I, you woke up with that, like, was he there when they ha- when you woke up and you're like, oh my God, at my face? No, he was gone. Oh, yeah, good. You've done, <laughs> you done. <laughs> you done your part. You can go on now. <laughs> Yeah, he was kind of gone for a while after that because I, I disappeared from the world. Yeah. I like, I didn't, I couldn't be seen. Ellen, every time I looked at myself in the mirror, I cried. I wouldn't look at myself in the mirror for those entire eight months. Oh my gosh, I have so much love for that version of me because those entire eight, like when it was really bad, mm. I would not. I refused to look in the mirror, and when I did, I would just cry. I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't do it. Period. You know, and then after that, this where it was very noticeable, where I noticed it a lot mm. was for about three, two years, three years, even now, I, I, I still kind of see it because I, I know what to look for. Um, but where it was noticeable to other people that mm. just met me and I, adults try their best, you know, adults, I'm like, you can't really tell, you know, but kids are honest, you know, my little sister and other ki- kids were like, what happened to your face? What's wrong with your eye? You know, when I, every time I would eat my eye, like you know, you're eating, you're moving your mouth, my eye twitches. Mm. So very often, if I was a kid was ever around and eating, having lunch or something, dinner, Irene, what's wrong with your eye? You know, and it's like, oh, just a reminder of, oh, you know, it is there. You can't see it. Yeah. How did that make you feel when people would notice it? Awful. God awful. God awful. And then when I would, so when I would drink and drink, or be out partying, you know, when you're drinking, your your when your face would relax. You just look different. Everybody looks different, right? Yeah. And it would show even more. And I moved, so I moved cities from when, when that happened. I had moved to after a couple of years to Las Vegas. And people that didn't know that happened, it would come out sometimes. And, and as an adult, like years later, like, oh my God, it's so cute. Your your eye, like I have a lazy eye when I drink. But it wasn't bad. It was something about palsy. It was just it was it hurt my feelings because it made me self-conscious. Mm. It just reminded me, oh, fuck. Then it took me back to a place of, oh, that's all they can see. They're looking at that. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I can so relate to having something that you hate so much about yourself growing up or like when it's happening or, um, yeah, just like on your body and then, when you start making peace with it then you start like wearing things so people can see it and um you go out or you put yourself in situations where you are quite vulnerable like on a date or with kids or drinking and people do see it it's like like even if they're just saying like with curiosity like oh like what's going on there like I have this big birthmark on my leg and people used to say like oh what what is that what is on your leg just from like a curious place of mind but for me like I remember at the start when I was really trying to heal from this it would just rock me completely like I would just like leave like I, it would my life my life would be ruined because 
I was like, it's noticeable. Like people can see it. They're going to think I'm weird. They're going to think I'm disgusting. No one's ever going to think that I'm attractive. Okay, I'm just going to go because I'm ugly. So I don't deserve to be here. Like to spiral like that. Exact same. Exact same. And yeah. And I look at like, so what I, the the work I used to do here in Las Vegas um, was a bottle service girl. So I worked at the nightclubs and the day clubs. Mm. And that's all about how you look. Mm. The interview process is like in a bikini, like a cattle call. You have thousands of girls interviewing for what? 50, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You have thousands of girls interviewing for 50 spots. You interview in a bikini. The interview is about 45 seconds long. Mm. <laughs> and you couple that with this thing I had about my face, more using my body, more using my body to connect, to get what I wanted and total disconnection. Mm. yeah I was gonna ask the when you that in that period when you had like eight months of like barely seeing anyone because you just you couldn't even look in the mirror how was your relationship to your body then like did you compensate by I don't know training more or like working on it more or yeah how does it feel I I felt like she failed me and no I didn't do anything I stayed in bed I I was stayed in bed a lot I stayed home I stayed on my couch I binged tv shows because I was when it comes to like do you you asked was I training extra or going hard like that way in my body mm-hmm. no because I didn't want to leave the house I didn't want to see anybody mm-hmm. you know and then I actually just remembered I just remembered right now when I did start to finally finally leave the house I did want to go to the gym I went to the gym and like the second or third time I went to gym it was kind of weird with my eye like I was still when I got the patch off it still looked weird but my vision was a little off for a while when I pulled a weight out, I broke my toe because I pulled a weight out and my perception was a little off. On oh, a 25 pound plate, I dropped it on my toe and I broke my toe. Oh, no. Yeah. And it was because my perception was off. And like, so the gym was out. Oh, my gosh. That's so crazy. So, and also in that, like, my body changed. There we go even more. My body got softer than I was ever used to. I didn't feel good about myself or my face or my body now. Yeah. It was like, I felt like she failed me. Yeah, of course. Mm. I get emotional just thinking about that time. You know, I hated her and I just, I have so much love for that girl. And I, yeah, I hated her. Literally felt like she failed me in every which way. Yeah, I I can see how how powerful this is for you and I can like I relate so much as well. Like I just go back to her, how I was feeling and like every story that you're telling I'm like yep I've been there yep I've done that and obviously it's like a different part of my body but still it's still the same principle how how did you then start like working like how did you get through it because like what you're doing now is so amazing and you're so like you said before you're so out there you're on your you know with social media and even just like doing things like this, like talking to complete strangers on uh. the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, like how does someone work through that? And I guess relating back to what I do, like how do you take your power back and become empowered again? So I can't tell the rest of the story without telling this little bit. I have to tell you one more piece of this because yes. it's all going to fit in together. I went to another low. I'll try to condense it so we can get to how to start what I did, right? Um. I don't know how to say this, but trigger warning, you know, trigger warning is coming. I'm going to talk about death. Um, Mm. But I went into another all-time low. Um, 
long story short, I found my best friend passed away in my house. And, um, when that happened, I, like, I, I came home, found him on the floor. He was gone. I gave basically a corpse mouth to mouth, you know, trying to 911 told me I had to try to resuscitate him. I'm like, I've never seen death. I've never seen death, but I know he's gone. Like, I know he's gone. You know, I don't know when, when you go, things happen to the body, your skin changes, fluids come out, you know, and I know what I was seeing and how cold he was. And the lady's like, nope, nope, nope. You have to do this. Da, 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 da. Try to get mouth to mouth to him. And, you know, that whole experience took me to an all time low, you know, not only because of what happened, but also in my, I was, that wasn't deep in my whole phase, you know, that was deep in my whole phase. And as I was leaving work that night, so I was working at the club. I couldn't get the weekend off of work because it was Labor Day weekend, which is coming up the anniversary. It's a nice reminder to celebrate his life now. Mm-hmm. But um, I was working and that weekend, that day it happened, I um, instead of, I was supposed to go straight home to pick him up. We were going to go out. It was like five in the morning. Vegas, it's normal to go out at five in the morning. <laughs> um, party. And one of my crushes was in town. So instead of going straight home to go see him, I'm going to go fuck the guy. Then I'm going to go pick up my friend. So on that like hour or so, I, I was late to pick, you know, later pick him up. I swore to myself, had I came home, it wouldn't happen. If I would have came straight home, you know, and I took responsibility for his life for a very long time. So that sent me into an all time fucking low, like again, depression. Again, I didn't leave my bed. I, this time I leave my bed for like four months, three months, hardly ate. I was a skinny. I did things to myself to, you know, one time to hopefully not wake up. You know, and um, in that low, the thing that brought me back, and I, you've probably heard me talk about this, Ellen, my stupid ass gratitude journal. And it's like, I, something, I decided that I, I was going to live extra loud for him, right? So there was, there was a why, there was a why. And um, I decided to start this gratitude journal and I call it my stupid ass gratitude journal because I was depressed, angry. Like I just didn't know. And I committed to every day writing in that fucking gratitude journal. So there were so many mornings I would wake up. I wouldn't leave bed. I didn't leave bed for a long time, but I didn't want to write in it. And I'd be like, oh, I committed to that stupid ass gratitude journal. So I would get the fucking journal, write down the three things, you know, no matter, no, it was, it was no matter what energy I was writing the three fucking things in the stupid ass journal. And that's what I was like, I was irritated by it. So I had called it, used to call it that. And it started with things like, I'm grateful I woke up today. I'm grateful I have a bed. I'm grateful for my house, you know? And it grew into something so magical where over the course of time, I was able to find gratitude in every single thing that was going on in life from a, a, from a real place of gratitude, right? And the moment that that flipped, the moment that that flipped, where I would say my moment of, wow, this is it for me. Like life is changing. I went back to the nightclub job and I was fucking miserable. I was a depressed asshole walking around, like just depressed. Like you wouldn't know, but I was empty inside. Right. And it was like Calvin Harris one night at the club. And when Calvin Harris was there, it's like the busiest night in the club. You're like a pinball machine, right? Like in there. And I was walking to the back of the house to the kitchen area with cups of cranberry juice and orange juice. And I was trying to get to the crowd. Somebody hit me and cranberry OJ spilled on me. 
And I was like, oh, fuck. I stood there like I was done. I was like over it. I was going to leave. And I stood there in this such frustration because I was miserable there. I didn't want to go back to the club. The club reminded me of my friend dying. If I, if I could have got the weekend off of work, I, he would be here is what I associated with the club. And I stood there and at that fucking moment, Ellen, at that moment when I was ready to give the fuck up and leave, I stood there and I thought, oh my God, I'm grateful for the, And this, these exact words, my emotional saying this right now, these exact words came to my mind. I'm grateful for this job because although I fucking hate it, it provides a nice lifestyle for me to travel, to live, to have nice things. To We made really good money there to do all the things that I love. Although I hate this job, I'm fucking grateful for it. And in that fucking moment, my entire energy shifted. I went, I took the biggest breath and I was like, I looked around, I could put myself there. I looked around the club and I was like, hmm, fucking step on me, throw cranberry juice on me. Like, let's do it. I make good money here. Yes, I hate you, but I make good money here. <laughs> And everything changed, you know, it changed. And there at that moment began my, don't get me wrong. It wasn't fucking healed like that, but it opened the door for me for personal development work. And the place that I started was self-love. Oh my God. I literally got goosebumps from that. That like that, that is so fucking powerful. Wow. I started, you know, building my relationship creating not even building creating my relationship with myself again my intuition mm. learning my body through you know to give you guys some hands-on things that I dare that you can start doing today the most basic of basics I fucking gotta pee stop holding your pee your body's telling you I'm full bitch I gotta go pee you know I I, I just remember I would get into something oh fuck I hate peeing you know like I used to hate peeing Cause I would drink, I'm somebody who drinks a lot of water. Mm. So it would come at the worst, worst times, you know, I'm going to go pee. Oh, I'm hungry. Fuck. I don't want to eat. You know, like when you're hungry, she's hungry. And even deeper than that, when you have a headache, the answer is not Tylenol. The answer is, Oh, headache's not normal. Did I drink enough water today? Have I rested? What's going on? My body is talking to me, a headache, tiredness, a pimple, a rash that you're not used to. These things that are your body's way of talking to you in the simplest, most natural way. And for the love of God, the biggest thing, stop getting mad when you get your period. That's your body's natural, another natural body function for being a fucking woman. Mm. It's like, yeah, it maybe it hurts. And I have a strong belief that like, really hard periods aren't normal. And this is just, just an opinion, you know, but so if you have a really bad period, I said, my suggestion is look into that, right? Mm. So things are normal, but if it's really bad, look into that. Mm, and that's your body like she's functioning like learn that first mm. these normal everyday things you know and then getting to know my intuition I did a lot of mirror work mirror work was probably the biggest thing for me but I think that a lot of it gets confused online I've never to this day I've never heard anybody speak to mirror work the way that I did it and do it um because it's not about just dancing sexy in front of a mirror I mean, I'm going to guarantee you guys that 98% of women are going to go to that thought, right? Dancing sexy, which, yeah, it is part of it. It's definitely part of it. But it's also sitting in, I'm going to paint a picture for you. 
sitting in front of the mirror, play a sad song, play a song that brings up emotion in you. Look at yourself in the mirror, eye to eye, and literally think about the things that you are embarrassed of that make you sad, that hurt you and watch yourself cry. Hold yourself in those moments. Look at the emotion come through. And naturally, you're going to want to cry and look down and crouch down. No, no, no. The beauty there is, uh, yes, listen to your body and crouch down, but also the body language there to protect. Naturally, we crouch down, hunch over, and maybe hug yourself and look down, close your eyes. But I encouraged you, and this is what I did to myself, to sit tall and witness myself in that pain. Literally look myself in the eye. And I'm going to go the complete opposite of what we do for affirmations, you know, like, cause I was lying to myself when I said, I love, like, I love you. I'm strong. I'm this, I'm that. I was lying to myself. And that creates a massive disconnect in your body. Cause you're, you're literally telling yourself, I am strong, but your body's like, Oh, you're not. So you're teaching your subconscious that that feeling is okay. And so what I did was the exact opposite. I hated you for so long. I'm sorry. I still don't love you that much. I still don't think you're very pretty. I still hate that your eye droops. I still hate it. Hmm. I'm sorry, but I do, you know, and I did that and I, and it was honest, like I'm trying to love you and I'd be bawling sometimes. And sometimes, listen, sometimes it was a three minute thing. I couldn't do it. I let myself end up being a ball and cry, but it's about committing to that journey of witnessing yourself in all of it. And even then it came down to, you know, when the more I did this, and this is this, you guys, I'm not talking about a two week practice. This was <laughs> years. Okay. Years. It's a commitment to yourself today. I don't have to do that anymore. Like my body doesn't once in a while. I, I, I can't tell actually, hold on. Let me think for a second. I can't think of the last time I had that desire to do that right now. My embodiment practice looks a lot different. I do go in deep, maybe once every two or three months. However, let me revert back to that day. Um, where was that? You know, witnessing yourself in that. So sometimes it was going back to a breakup that, that really hurt my feelings that I felt I never got closure over. Going back to these daddy issues that I've just taken me my entire life. Up until last year, I feel like I finally worked through my, no, I'm sorry, this year, I finally worked through my daddy issues. <sighs> Celebrating me in that. But, you know, mirror work, coming back to these sad moments where, I didn't allow myself to feel sad, you know, and letting, witnessing myself cry and yes, having that emotion, but looking back at myself in the mirror, eye to eye, it's okay. I'm here for you. You're safe. That emotion that you're feeling right now is valid. Even though so-and-so told you you're exaggerating, you're too much, stop crying. You're too emotional. You're too this. They're valid, Irene. And I'm here to show you that I can hold you in that. So I became my own safety. I love that so much. And when you were talking, I was like oh, tearing up because I was like, I think that every single person are going to be able to relate to this because every one of us, or at least most people that I know have something with their bodies that they don't love, or they've been told that they're too much, or they've been told that don't do that, or you can't do that, or something about ourselves. And also that we shouldn't cry and that we should stay like don't feel these things and suppress and like don't show anyone like those weaknesses and I think that somewhere just everything has just gone wrong a little bit like 
instead of being taught to sit there and cry and to be vulnerable and to be who we truly are and say what we truly think it's like well if you say that you think there's anything wrong with you then like you're weak yeah and you shouldn't do that you know I think it also can stem from being with the best intentions like when you're a kid what do we tell kids I mean I, I it's just a normal thing when a kid cries it's like oh don't cry you know it's with the best intentions but we don't realize that we're instilling that thought from a very young age oh don't cry yeah you know 100 percent, 100 and I think that's something that I've really done like in the last year really owning my thoughts and really owning that you know like um I posted this big thing yesterday on on social media how I felt really jealous and um judgy about towards girls who were like a lot um especially like online I'd be like oh she's so fake and she's just like too much and like she's so annoying and for so long I was like no I don't actually think like that like no I don't actually care about her but every time I'd see her I would be like oh like (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) but then as soon as I like as soon as I said you know what yeah I actually that actually makes me insecure seeing her doing that and I get triggered by that and I get jealous of her success or I get jealous that she's like like she has this amazing body or like whatever it was and it was like the moment I accepted that like my whole body just went yeah like I feel that I feel that while you're saying that Mm. oh it was just so nice like yeah I feel that and that's okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah once you stop making it wrong it's like you stop fighting yourself for it now yeah. it's like okay I feel that it's okay now what now what yeah exactly like yeah you can be jealous and you can sometimes look at yourself and be like no I don't actually like that my eye looks like that or I don't like that my my booty like looks like this in this angle and that's okay mm-hmm. yeah and you know what, adding, adding on to that, going back to the specific practice that I was doing, mm. all of it tied in together. Mm. You had the mirror work in that way, along with gratitude. Mm. And over time, it just started loving on myself. It changed, the practices just changed, mm. you know, and I really owned, um, owned the quirks, owned the weirdness, mm. you know, and got to know every part of me, you know, I, in that mirror work, this is related, but not related, but I just I'm mentioning it to open your mindset, like, I always say pro tip, that's the pro tip. And then ho tip, here's the ho tip. <laughs> the ho tip is to go bigger, go yeah. bigger with the top, you know, like bigger. And in the mirror work also, um, I call it kitty gazing, you know, where I would literally sit naked, this completely different topic, but it just ties in about accepting and loving and knowing all of you. Mm-hmm. Granted, I don't do that this much anymore. Actually, I haven't done it in a long time. I should do it today. <laughs> But looking at your kitty, vagina, whatever you call her, you know, um, and just looking at her, knowing what she looks like, accepting her, loving her, because up until I don't don't even know where I got the idea to do that. But it was like, when was the last time you looked at her and just know what she looks like? Do you know what she looks like? Mm. You know, or do you have any thoughts of what she like? We are doing this work with several other women. I think we tend to think like, oh, they're ugly. You know, like, oh, mine, uh, mine looks not the way you, a porn looks or something that you see, you know, and it's like, oh, there's a low key thought there. Either you don't know her 
mm. or you don't think she, you think something of her, mm. you know? And it's just, that was part of it too. No, knowing every single inch of my body. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And like, you literally can't change something that you're not aware of. So mm. if you, you don't know what you look like, like how are you going to change the relationship with that? and the same thing goes like if you don't truly know like you said before if you're not being honest with yourself and if you're not being honest with but how you really feel about yourself and your actual thoughts how are you ever ever gonna be able to accept every part of you when you have been pushing down that part of you that doesn't like those things for so freaking long like she's also there she's also a part of you just like the part of you who's there that's like no like we're amazing let's go like we can do everything there's also going to be the part of you that's like no like I don't like myself today yeah yes and it's I love how you brought it to, I love how you brought it to present tense and it's just I think that's where some like so many people especially in this like self-development healing world whatever you want to call it it's like love every part of yourself like never have a day where you feel bad like you can always like you're always beautiful tell yourself you love yourself and don't care about validation from anyone else and but I think that is just a bit unrealistic what do you think I think I agree with you I think that the the goal the goal intention goal the goal isn't to be happy all the time to love yourself all the time it's to be okay with the moments that you don't mm. it's to, to understand and love and still love yourself in the moments where you don't feel hundred percent, where you don't feel like your hottest of hottest. It's mm-hmm. okay. And honoring the different levels of ebb and flows of your energy, of your hormones of, you know, just honoring all levels of you. Yeah. So I think I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the moment you get to that point, it's like, you're fucking unshakable. Yeah. Because you're owning every single part of yourself. Yes, there it is right there. Once you know that, you know, mm-hmm. it's like it's hard to go back. You can't go back. Yeah. Like once you know what it feels like to be around to to experience that part of you and love it and being yeah. around people who love that, it's like yeah. you can't go the other way. It yeah. hurts to go the other way. Yeah. 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 Oh, like I look at myself today right now and how I know how I come off very like in your face or very like dorky funny sexy whatever it is I, I haven't done this in a long time because I don't do it but if I were to be around somebody that I even even think is judging me or even think is poking fun at me or doing something that doesn't feel good I do not question my intuition I fucking get myself out of that situation mm-hmm. I know my intent you you can when you build that relationship with your intuition you know her so well you just fucking trust her Mm. I don't question her when she tells me to block somebody or I'm talking about back then. I didn't question her, block that person. Don't spend time with them, less time with them. You got to trust her mm. in that. So another big thing I want to share, uh, like things you can like do the doing is when you get to know your intuition, you got to quiet down. Mm. You know, we live in a world of consumption, whether you even try to limit your time on social media, you're still consuming in real life. You're still consuming when you're driving music, you know? So to really spend time in the fucking quiet and notice like, so the journey for me started um, getting to know my intuition, quieting down. And generally when you take a few deep breaths, the first few things that come to your mind, I always say those are things at the forefront of your mind. You should be curious and sort through. Is it 
fuck boy? Is it money issues? Is it this or that? What is a thing that's taking up your mental capacity? So those are things to work on first. Clear it up. Do you need to clean up some relationships that aren't serving you? Do that. It's important to do that. So you clear up this mental space, mental chatter. Mm-hmm. And then at the most basic of basic, this always gets giggles. But I was, I would sit there. I didn't know what to do. I just sat there. I was like, intuition, intuition, are you there? (laughs) (laughs) And and something would happen in my body. It's going to look different for everybody. Mm. It could be this little twitch in your tummy. It could be something in your throat. It could be a sound you hear. It could be a voice. It's different for everybody. Mm. I got to know her. And then you just start. I started with questions. This sounds wild. Okay. But I did it. Like I would put a water in front of me or things like, is my name Irene? And then just see what happens. Like, what does yes mean? Am I knowing I'm thirsty? You know, I put a water bottle in front of me. Are you thirsty? And just see what happens. Mm. Like Mm -hmm. play this game with yourself, get to know her. And then, but, and then sort of how it fast forwards to now, when I would think about creating content, my, I'm a businesswoman online, you know, creating content. What is my, what is, what is my ideal? What do my clients need to hear today? What is my community about? What do I want to write about today? Hmm. And as whatever she says, you got to fucking do it. Cause you got to trust your intuition on the small things. Cause if she's talking to you with small things, like yes, drink water. Yes. Go there. And you're not listening to her. It's like our actual human relationship. If, if you keep telling somebody, something and they don't listen they don't take it you know you're gonna not gonna trust them mm. you're not gonna keep giving them information yes. right yes oh my god I just like ah <laughs> this is so good <laughs> you gotta listen for the small things so it's for me in business it started with content ideas mm. I can't remember what the first one was I can't remember the first crazy thing I was like no fucking way I'm gonna write about that on the internet you know and I did it and you just do it and then you start to build that trust for how do I feel about this relationship? You just don't even, I don't even have to ask those questions anymore. I just mm-hmm. know around somebody. I'm like, Oh, I just know, you know, or like a program for work business lights me up. I just know. Mm-hmm. And I know when it's a no as well. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I think that's so fucking powerful. And it is so cool to hear you talk about it because you're so like embodied in this. Like This is who you are. This is what you do. It's like, you can tell that this is not something that you just, read in like some on some website or read in a book a couple of days ago and now you're talking about it like you can tell that this is actually something that you have done something that you 100% believe in and something that obviously has worked for you as well yeah actually yeah thank you for notice for seeing me in that because yeah it is (laughs) yeah no I think it's I think it's so so powerful and so cool um I wanted to yeah talk a little bit about your journey like going through with all of everything all the changes that were happening in your body and how you were kind of using sex because we've spoken a little bit about this and I've gone through very similar and I think I think there's a lot of people who because whenever I've shared it people are like oh my god I do that and like I didn't even realize that like why so I think it's important to have the conversation um but yeah anyway so when you were going through this whole journey you mentioned before that you you would use sex as a way of like getting that validation from guys um like how how did you kind of notice that you were doing that I noticed because there were times and 
let me preface this, preface this by saying it was always a yes. I never said no. And then ended up having somebody had sex with me. Mm. It was never, a, I never said no, mm. but there were times when I would see that I didn't want to have sex with the person. I wasn't really into them, but I wanted, I, I just said yes, because I wanted them to de- desire me. I wanted them to want me. Or it looked like things I didn't want to do in sex, like crazy sex or sex, like crazy things that guys want to do generally, you know, or just things are some, I mean, now I like some crazy shit, but I'm at peace with what I love now. Right. <laughs> yeah. At the time I didn't want to be, I had sex on a stage one time. Oh my I, God. <laughs> yeah. um, in, front of, in front of people. And I didn't necessarily want to, but it was just like, Oh, this is what's happening. He wants to. And I was drunk and fucked up, you know, like I wanted that validation. I want to be wanted mm-hmm. or even like certain positions or things that uh, faking orgasms. Hmm. faking orgasms because I didn't give a fuck about me but I was going to make sure that he had that he thought I was going to feed his ego by making sure he thought I thought he was the best ever that was a weird circle Mm. but are you with me (laughs) yeah yeah oh god I used to do the same like I was like that was kind of my thing I was like I know I'm really good at sex and like all these guys like as soon as they see with me they always text me back but like of course, they're about text me back. Like they just want to have sex. Like, yeah, a- and that that was something too. I like had to be the best. I had to like do the craziest thing mm-hmm. or the most sexual thing, the naughtiest, nastiest, dirtiest thing that I yeah. thought they wanted, so that I would be the best. Yeah. So that that yeah. It, it's crazy. It's like I know, for me, like doing all this work is kind of. I went through this phase of just sleeping around a lot because like I had like my birthmark and I know I was so insecure about it and I kind of had to validate myself and be like no you can still get all these guys and like oh and then it was like oh but it's only if you just for fun like I make the rules blah 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 and yeah I thought that but then I would always go home and when they didn't call me I would always be really sad and you know I'd, I'd have this idea in my head oh well maybe maybe this will be the guy who changes it all so it would all I would have go like I was like I would convince myself that that wasn't the case but then I would always have this like backlash after of like anxiety and like why did I do that oh my god and yeah do you did you no, have any of that 100% I actually fooled myself for a very long time mm-hmm. and I still catch myself wondering about it now word for word I tr- would tell myself uh my heart's not connected to my vagina i'm good like we oh can my God, I'm literally said the same thing <laughs> not connected like i love it i just love sex for sex yes. and while i think i can make a conscious decision today where maybe some of that could be but i'm very different today i'm i'm very aware of my body but i don't desire to do that you know but i think if i were to i would manage it differently however back then i was straight full of myself <laughs> myself Mm-hmm. and I just like, I feel so differently about sex today I, I don't desire to have sex for just sex anymore I don't think you can actually but no. yeah it's like a, it's like it's to each their own I think with that but today where I'm at it's emotion like it's definitely connected it's definitely 100 100 and yeah like I I was writing down like all these like different stages that I've gone through it in my life and like you've had so many ups and downs as well so that's like when you told your story I was like oh my god I can relate so much to like being that person who's just like introvert and like I don't want to see anyone like no like just emotional just like but 
look out the world and then going through that the whole phase like you can't call it like when you're just like sleeping around getting the validation for your body being crazy party girl like the light of the party and it becomes like who you are basically like it becomes your identity and then for me yeah. I've gone through which is my latest one where I've just been like really lonely and emotional and just not having like wanted to do be with anyone and just like like don't even look at me kind of and it's felt like really disconnected to myself and who I actually am but now I really like now that I've landed and gone through all of those ups and downs and different stages like I am so fucking sure of myself that like nothing could ever rock me I got the chills hearing you say that oh (laughs) I feel the same way it's like there's I actually feel excited for the next person that gets to be with me because I feel right. like I'm who I am today. There's, I, I'm just me now. Mm. I'm literally, I came home. I came mm. home to my heart. I love that so much. Um, well, there was a few questions that I sent you before and I was like, we'll do one of them at the start, but I completely forgot <laughs> because I got so excited to talk to you. <laughs> but we will get started. Um, and the first question was, what does empowerment mean to you? <sighs> empowerment to me is a bigger vision. It's a bigger thing. Of course, it always starts within, but I, I look at it as a ripple effect mm. because by me empowering myself, it's going to empower another woman. And I'm always thinking also about the person that I'm probably never even going to meet. The families that are going to be affected by this woman being empowered by me. The, the ripple effect. So for me, empowerment is, it's a bigger vision of a ripple effect of this emp- um, empowerment being rippled out into the world, not just in one person, but in the world. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's so cool. And it's so true. Like what you said about being a ripple effect. And I think that now, like we have such a cool opportunity, like this generation to change our thoughts and change our habits and like stop that generational trauma that's been passed on by generations like you know the reason that your dad did that to you his dad and mom definitely did something similar to him and but you now have the opportunity to stop it and that's so fucking cool yeah I the way you put that yeah empowerment the ripple effect and it's if I had to put it in a few words it's coming back home yeah Oh, I love that. Goosebumps. So many goosebumps this podcast. <laughs> um, all right. The second question is, if you could go back and talk to your younger self, what advice would you give her? You know, my answer completely shifted change right now is follow the breadcrumbs of excitement. The only breadcrumbs you follow are that of excitement, no matter what. You know, I looked at this and I used to follow breadcrumb energy from men. If somebody like gave me a little bit of attention, I would go like chasing that, right? Mm. But the only breadcrumbs you follow, Irene, I'm talking to myself, are that of excitement. I think about all the jobs, careers, and hobbies and things that I wanted to do that I didn't do because dad said this or society said, don't do that or this and that. I could have saved myself so much time and loved life so much quicker if I had followed those breadcrumbs of excitement and created and because when you're in that excitement zone of doing something you love whether it's a hobby or whatnot you're lit up you're lit the fuck up by life and life all as a whole is more enjoyable Mm. and if I follow those breadcrumbs of excitement quicker 
and not cared what society said, my dad said, or anybody else said, because I was in my element, I would have created this, probably been a coach a lot sooner. (laughs) (laughs) Or who knows what I would be doing now, because the whole trajectory of life would have changed. Mm. But it was the excitement. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, it's so true what you said as well. Like, I think there's so many people who are not going after their dreams because they're so scared of what's everyone going to say about me. Yeah. Just so sad, but look at us changing the world. (laughs) Yeah. One kitty at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The last question is, um, what is something that you haven't done yet that you have been wanting to do? Ties in with that fear that we spoke about before. (laughs) Why skydiving come to my mind? I don't don't think that's the answer you were looking for. But I don't think that's the answer you're looking for. But I've done skydiving before. However, anything. (laughs) I think it's, I think, yeah, I think you wanted something bigger. But um, for me, I think (laughs) it's an adrenaline. I'm looking for an adrenaline rush right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. Taking some adrenaline into it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. what it is. Sometimes you this know, is what we need. That's on, awesome. On a, on a different on a scale of business and what we're talking about here, um, I'm going the re- the retreat route, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so I'm gonna say yeah, in person events, yeah. in person events, and bringing my energy to in person. <gasps> and even you know, I've been a little resistant to embodiment stuff online, mm. meaning embodiment practices and whatnot, because I'm a snob about, I want the music to sound right. I want them to be in, in the room and the element and this yeah. and that. However, that's not possible. Let's say I wanted to do it with you. Yeah. I'm not going to do it because I want to make sure the music sounds good to you, which <laughs> you have to do yeah. your best, yeah. but I've been resistant to it for that. So I'm going to lean into that this year. Mm. Um, yeah in person but it's going to start online as well yeah fuck yeah absolutely come come to bali (laughs) (laughs) yeah the retreat hub of the world um well the last question is it's a question but in the last podcast if you guys listened you know i asked the guest this but i'm actually gonna get you to write it down so i can read it for the next guest but the last question is uh what is a piece of advice that you would give for the next guest and this is what the guest before said. Wait, I must restart it. I'm going to restart it. Hang on. And turn this sound up. Yeah. Be as integral as fuck. Yeah. I just think that that is so missing from this world. Like... Your integrity is the most important thing about you. And listen to like your intuition and say what you want to say, because that's where we we miss out on so much powerful information is because you water down what you have to say. You like change what you have to say in order to fit in because you're so immersed in comparison and competing with everybody else. That, you miss what makes you truly you and that is your voice and what your message is so yeah just be true to what you have to say because that will make more of an impact and more of a change in the world than saying Sarah Sullivan ladies and gentlemen (laughs) I love thank you Sarah yeah she's amazing well, with that said, um, yeah, I'm going to get you to write down your answer and send it to me. And then the next special guest will get that. 
I love that. What a beautiful touch. Thank you. Yes. Um, well, Irene, we've spoken for like an hour. Um, I knew <laughs> this time would just fly. Um, but uh, do you have any programs, anything that you're launching? Like this podcast is going to be out next week. So if there's anything that you want to plug, plug away. Thank you so much. You know, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm very active on there. If you do want to say hi, please, I'm opening my doors. Slide in the DMs. Let me know you listen to the podcast. Just say hi. I do have, as I stated, an embodiment practice brewing in the background. So keep an eye out for that. But for right for now, one-on-one is the only way to be in my world. But I do have some free stuff on my page that you can come and dabble in my energy too. Yeah. Honestly, like if I'm just like feeling a bit down, I just go on your page and I'm like, ah, <laughs> energized again. <laughs> thank you for that. It means a lot. I put a lot of love and intention in my stories and my posts. So thank you for that. Yes. No, it's always like so just bouncing around and like you definitely would have been one of those people in the past that I would have been like oh now she's too much because you're so like out there and I but now I'm like I love it I'm obsessed like give me more love that I was thinking about that when you said that I was like I wonder if I would have been the and then I wonder I know I would have been <laughs> yeah not now obviously because I've, healed and I've yeah, done the course. works for it but to when after I'd accepted it and then I'd gone through the healing and now that I'm where I'm now so yeah, guys, if that's how you feel, like it's a hundred thousand percent possible to heal from it because fucking I've done it and like everything that you've healed from as well. It's just a matter of doing the fucking work. Do the fucking work. Do the fucking work, damn it. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so so much for watching or listening, I mean. And please make sure that you do take a screenshot of the podcast, you share it on your stories, subscribe to the freaking channel. There's so many of you listening and you haven't subscribed. So please subscribe, give it a five-star review. You know, we want to get this podcast up there. This is gonna be out there for a while. So we want to get loads of people listening and engaging and yeah, hearing all of this fucking amazing advice. It needs to get out there. So anyway, Irene, thank you so, so much again for being on. And I can guarantee you this is not the last time we speak. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, thank you. Guys, the Empowered Woman program is here. And I'm so fucking excited to bring this out finally because it's something that I worked so, so hard on to be able to bring you everything that I would have needed when I was going through low confidence, when I was a people pleaser, when I had so much anxiety, I could barely think straight, I couldn't sleep. I felt like this burning, this clump in my chest. And no matter what I did, I just like, I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me? I just knew that I wasn't happy. I just felt numb all the time. I was binge eating. And this program is really just everything that you need to take that power back and become an empowered woman. To step into that stage of your life where you take what you fucking want. You know that you belong. You know who you are. And nothing can ever rock you. So if you want more information about this, make sure that you click the show notes or check out my Instagram. It's an eight-week program and you can start it at any time as a group participant or as a one-on-one client. So make sure that you message me and let's make you an empowered woman. Thank you.